Get to Old Navy for the biggest sale of the year. Up to 60% off all back-to-school styles for kids and baby. Get flip-flops for 2 bucks, graphic tees for 4 bucks, shorts for $6, and jeans for $8. Right now, get the best kids' styles at kid-size prices. Just 2 4 6 and $8. Can't wait to wear it? Buy online and pick up in-store free today. Up to 60% off all kids and baby styles now at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 729-811. Select styles. Excludes in-store Are you tired of not earning anything on your hard-earned money? Your path to more money starts with a certificate from Pathways Financial Credit Union. Right now, earn a 2.68% annual percentage yield on a 60-month certificate with a minimum balance of just $500. Great rates like this have helped make Pathways the fastest-growing credit union in Ohio over the last 10 years. Earn more on your money. Stop by any convenient location or check us out at PathwaysCU.com. Pathways is federally insured by the NCUA. Welcome everyone to episode 165 of the NBA podcast. I'm Brian Toporek and today we'll talk about all of the news that inconveniently broke right as I went on vacation. Apparently some guy named Kawhi Leonard got traded. I hear he's pretty good so we'll talk about that for both Toronto and San Antonio. We'll also discuss Carmelo Anthony's tenure in OKC coming to a merciful end. Before we get underway, a reminder that you can follow us on Twitter at the NBA pod. In our bio, you can find our Twitter handles to give us a follow as well. You can also find us on iTunes, so please subscribe, download, leave some five-star reviews. We'd love any feedback. And we're now being hosted on the Almighty Baller Podcast Network, so check them out on Twitter at AlmightyCasts. Joining me today, as always, and standing right next to me, yeah. is my very stable genius of a co-host, Morton Jensen. How's it going, Mort? It's, it's going well, Brian. Is it weird to be the host in of this podcast in my home? Yes, yeah. it, it certainly <laughs> is. So yes, we are recording this live in Denmark. I am here for a couple days. Mort has been treating me very well. I've gained about 18 pounds in the past 24 hours, yeah. so that's great. But Copenhagen is a lovely city. For anyone who has not visited, you should come and especially if things go bad in November 2020, uh, let's all just migrate here. Yeah, it's it's a pretty good alternative, isn't it? I, it's, I, it's hot as hell, but... Yeah, that's yeah. fine. Yes, yeah. you know, people in America are used to that. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, naturally, the day I left for vacation, uh, I, I woke up at 8.30, and I have a flight to Estonia at 2 o'clock, and I see the Woj bomb of all Woj bombs, that Kawhi Leonard has been traded to the Toronto Raptors. Apparently, this, this broke at some ungodly hour. Everyone was very mad about it. So, unfortunately, we, we couldn't record that day because my wife would have killed me if we missed our flight. Understandably so. Uh, so, we let the dust settle a bit. And now we get to think through uh, the implications for both San Antonio and Toronto. So, more, let's start from the San Antonio side of things. Why was this the package that the Spurs agreed to? Well, apparently, they wanted something established. I don't think Pop wanted to go out on a rebuilding term. He wanted a star in there. He wanted to reach the playoffs one more time before he said goodbye. And DeMar DeRozan certainly gets them there. So I think he wanted something that was definitely more established than some star value, some something that could be sold to the fan base as well. Like We can sit here and argue all day long that the right path might have been younger players and draft picks. Mm-hmm. But in terms of talent, this might just have been the best package available. Like, I think a lot of people are just underestimating the value of DeMar DeRozan. Like, he's yeah. a good player. He's an all-NBA talent. So it's it's not like they didn't get anything for Kawhi. Uh, a lot of Spurs fans were, were a little bit sad that there weren't, you know, a proper first-round pick included. Mm-hmm. This is more or less a, a fake first-rounder or a very limited <laughs> first-rounder. Right. But, I mean, I get it. I get what they're trying to do. Yeah. 
Yeah, I do as well. And we alluded to this in that, you know, we, we figured they weren't going to let Pop go out on a sour note. They weren't going to go plunge into an all-scale rebuild. So they were going to try to get this, you know, a, someone like a DeMar DeRozan, someone who's going to keep them competitive. They won, you know, 45-plus games last year. Mm. They're going to be in that 50-55 range again. They're probably going to make the playoffs, even though the West is really competitive. Yeah, they didn't get as much as you would have liked if you're a Spurs fan for the future. As you said, pretty much a fake first-round pick or a late first-rounder. Plus, Jakob Pertl, who's a good player, but there's no guarantee he develops into you know, a top-five all-NBA player like right. Kawhi Leonard. Or even a starter. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I mean, especially, you know, they've got LaMarcus Aldridge, they have Pau Gasol. You figure at least for this year he's going to be coming off the bench. We'll see what happens with Pau next year because he only has a bit of his contract guaranteed. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's a move that, you know, Zach Lowe and you especially, and I I feel, I, I understand why they were going this way, but, like, a lot of people were arguing, if you're trading Kawhi, you need to go into a full-scale rebuild. Yeah. They didn't do that, but then again, it's like this is probably, if not Pops last year, this year is probably done after the 2020 Olympics, so you're probably looking at two more years. Coincidentally, DeMar DeRozan is guaranteed to be under contract for two more years. It just feels like that's the way, you know, they, they, they know they're not in a position to get marquee free agents. Like, if they go into a rebuild, it's going to be a long time before they get a top-tier guy, so... If they want to just continue going for that 50-55 wins and see what happens, I, that's, I'm fine with it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, I think they're going the Paul Pierce route the Celtics mm-hmm. used to go in back in the day. Like, they had one established star. They had a lot of young players. Mm-hmm. The Spurs don't really fit that criteria in terms, of the raw, in terms of the young players. But when they have that established star, you can attract someone else later on. Right. So right now with DeMar DeRozan, like, he's an asset in more ways than just being a player. He's an asset in terms of how you're going to recruit. Mm-hmm. You can get guys in there looking to, like, make a, make a run on yeah. some level. And if he flames out eventually like then you go into the fully fledged rebuild i do like the fact that they're going for this last gasp sort of thing mm-hmm. but like you alluded to like a rebuild in san antonio would be like 10 years yeah right unless you get lucky and get the number one pick but right yeah you're, you're probably not looking at a quick turnaround once oh, yeah. they no. once they do rebuild so you alluded to it more let's talk about the fit with demar Derozan in particular because I, I know a lot of you know the immediate Twitter takes on that Wednesday when this news broke was like, oh my god, they're just going to shoot nothing but mid-range shots between DeMar and LaMarcus Aldridge. They're just going to step basketball back 20 years. Are you nervous about his fit there, or do you think you know the, the initial reaction was overblown? A little bit overblown, but I will say I, I'm not fully confident about the fit. I mean, even though DeMar is starting to shoot more threes, LaMarcus mm-hmm. as well for that matter, like, they are not natural three-point shooters. They are very much heavy in the mid-range area. Yep. That's going to continue. Here's the thing, though. The Spurs are just so excellent at getting high-quality mid-range shots. Mm-hmm. And, and and that's fair. Like, you can actually go a certain extent to that. I, I think it's overblown with the fact that nowadays it has to be solely layups and threes. Right. Like, you can actually build a playoff team by utilizing the mid-range area as long as you do it efficiently and you have a proper defense set on the other end. Right. Like, okay, the defense is not going to be as great yeah. because Kawhi obviously is, like, maybe one of the best defenders of all time. Yeah. So losing that is, is huge. And obviously. Danny Green. 
and Danny Green as well. Like you can't really switch the same way that you could before. Right. So offensively, there's absolutely concern. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I'm wondering what they're trying to do by not matching Kyle Anderson as well. Like yeah. They, that was a weird one for me. Right. Like, he seemed to be productive, young. Like, you could squeeze out more potential for that guy. Yeah. Not really sure how they're going to fix these these lacks that they have now. It's going to be a fine team. It's just not going to be anything overwhelming. Yeah. I think that's a fair assessment of how this season's going to go. I, like, I can't think of what their rotation is going to be. And that's not a oh, good yeah. thing to be able to say about a team, you know, three months before the season. But, like, you're going to start Murray at the point. You're going to have DeMar presumably at the two. I guess Rudy Gay at the three. Yeah. And then LaMarcus and Powell. But then the bench feels a little flimsy. We we still don't know about Manu, right? Oh, yeah, that's right. We don't. <laughs> the Manu retirement watch continues. We'll, we'll see what happens there. But, you know, they feel flimsy outside of that starting five. And Rudy Gay... Knock on wood, he stays healthy, but if he doesn't, I don't know. Do they slide tomorrow over to the three? Like, the rotation, we'll see what happens there. Yeah. But oh, like, you forgot about Dante Cunningham, the big-ass signing they did. <laughs> Big blockbuster signing of the yeah. summer, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I think what you said, I'm not as worried as the initial Twitter reaction, especially because DeMar started shooting threes. Like, yeah, he's not a high-volume guy. He's right. not especially efficient. But they do have Chip there. If anyone can teach him how to become a better shooter, it is Chip. And, you know, I, I like, put enormous faith into Popovich. You've, you've argued this before, that he's worth, you know, 10, 15 wins on his own, if not more. Yeah, I, I think I argued 20 to 30. Yeah. yeah. So, like, there is a non-zero chance that DeMar DeRozan has his best ever year in San Antonio because he gets to work with Chip on his shot. He gets to be coached by Pop, who's know a living legend so yeah like on paper this this roster seems like a questionable fit and you know as you said this is not does it doesn't lend itself to mori ball at all oh it's, no it's no. the exact opposite of mori ball it's it's the it's bulls ball yeah with, with like rondo and Wade. <laughs> yeah exactly yeah but i you know I, i'm gonna give i will always give greg popovich the benefit of the doubt oh yeah oh yeah and again like talent i feel trumps everything yeah I really do feel that. Right. Like, unlike the Bulls with Rondo and Wade, like the talent level wasn't there for those guys anymore. Yeah. They were just so old. DeMar is in his prime. What is he, like 28? Yeah, somewhere around there. Yeah. yeah. Like he's in his absolute prime physically. Right. He's a, he's a very smart player. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think we give him enough credit. Like as a yeah. playmaker, he's really good. Right. Like he'll find these weird angles and throw passes that are really weird but efficient. Like mm-hmm. he's he's a good guy. And, and yeah, and, and a good guy as well. I I mean personally as well. Yes. Like from everything we hear yeah. privately as well. Like he's just a real stand-up guy. Right. And given how Kawhi left things in San Antonio. That might just be what the doctor ordered. Yeah. Like, could you imagine having DeMar come in and just embrace the San Antonio culture and the franchise and the fans? Yeah. Like, I think fans in San Antonio right now are just going to love this guy. Yeah. Even though they're, you know, sour about the return. And right. It's a whole breakup thing. But I don't think they're going to look at DeMar as a rebound no. type of dude. Like, they, they are going to embrace him big time. And I think that carries tremendous weight during the regular season. I completely agree. Yeah, I think they'll latch on very quickly to him. And yeah, Sarah was already... Yeah, very keen. Right, exactly. Kind of, yeah. And I, yeah, as you said, you know, I think they're just sour about how this Kawhi thing went down. You can feel bad about that, but you can also enjoy Demar, who he is, and like as you said, he's in his prime right now. 
Lamarcus Aldridge, like, he catches a lot of shit, but he was also excellent last year. He's good. Yeah. yeah. Like, they have two all-star caliber players, and then Pau is, you know, on the back end of his career, but he's still a good player. He's not good defensively, but he's... Right. Maybe he's the guy who should come off the bench, and then maybe oh. start start Jakob uh, At the five? Yeah. yeah That's not? actually... Yeah. He's a shot blocker. He's right. a rebounder. And if one thing Pertle knows, it's his role. Yeah. Like, if you, did you see his field goal percentage last year? Yes. Yeah. Like, that was no coincidence. He right. just understood, oh, I'm not a, I'm not the guy who has to take like a step back 15-footer. Yeah. I'm the guy who rolls to the rim. I'm going to wait for the lob. I'm going to wait for the pass right mm-hmm. in the dunker spot, and I'm going to go get it. Yeah. Like, he, he was really efficient because he just understood good shot selection for his, you know, his limitations. Right. And, like, let's be honest here for a second. Having a guy who has a, a deep understanding of his own game combined with Greg Popovich... Yeah. That can be beautiful. It could be very dangerous, yeah. And he'll be a lower usage guy on offense, which you'll probably want next to DeMar yeah. and LaMarcus, and then, you know, better defensively. Yeah, that's actually... I'm going to guess Pau gets the nod at the start of the year, just yeah. because veteran and, you know, yeah. blah, blah, Spurs blah. thing. Yeah. Right, but yeah, it wouldn't surprise me at all if Jakob moves into the starting lineup at some point this year. Uh, so we already touched on this a little bit, but just in general, what do you think this move and the willingness to move on from Kawhi in general, but like, you know, again, this package of DeRozan, Pirtle, and a very heavily protected first round pick, what does it signal about the Spurs future? Well, just that they're trying something else, really. Yeah. I mean, look, they're, they're going for something right now. I don't know if they are trying to like go for a ring. I mean, right. obviously they're trying to win something, but I think they're, I think they're realistic. I don't mm-hmm. think they go into this this, this season going, oh, we're, we have a squad that can beat Golden State. <laughs> right. But I think they want to go in and, and show a level of competitiveness that yeah. they may not have had last season by missing Kawhi Leonard. Mm-hmm. So they, like like I mentioned earlier, like end on a high note in case Pop decides to retire or Mono decides to retire. Yeah. We'll see. I just want them to be competitive and I want them to look ahead to the future still. Like you... I know it's not popular to play both sides of that field, mm-hmm. but if I feel confident in the Spurs to do virtually everything, yeah, so it's not a problem, right? And Boston's been playing that side, both sides of that field for years, and look how it turned out. It's going pretty well. Now they finally seem to be cashing in, though, right? Like now, now it's not the time where they're looking at the future as assets. Like they cashed in with Kyrie, yeah, and they're re-signing Marcus Smart, not letting him go. It seems like now they're trying to just. That's Use true. all those assets to get significantly better. Yeah. Well, the window is open now that LeBron's gone. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Before we move to Toronto, actually, let's let's talk about the other teams in this race. Because, you know, Boston was rumored to be interested. Mm-hmm. Philly was rumored to be interested. The Lakers were rumored to be interested. None of them were willing to dangle the, the marquee pieces that they could offer. Like, I think Zach Lowe was the one who reported for Philly that... The Spurs were saying you have to include not only Mark or like Markel Fultz may not even be in those conversations. It was you have to include Ben Simmons or Joel Embiid, right. and Philly rightfully told them to fuck off. Uh, Boston, refused. but I respect the ask. Yeah, I do too. Yeah, you might as well. I mean, yeah. don't start low. Uh, and then Boston refused to include like any of their top guys: Irving, Hayward, Horford, Brown, Tatum. Just for argument's sake, probably Rozier too. Just yeah. just for all time's sake. <laughs> Do you understand why they didn't want to include uh, Gordon Hayward? Because, like, let's be honest, that injury yeah. is frightening as all hell, and he's on a huge contract. Yeah, I'm not too worried about that. I think he'll be okay. I, like, I would have been more willing to offer Kyrie than I would Hayward. Oh, really? Yeah, because okay. I, I think Kyrie's leaving after this year. That's true. 
So, like, I don't think the Spurs would have wanted Kyrie because I think they also know he he was gone. And, like, that's just a one-year But imagine, though, imagine Kawhi instead of Hayward, though. Yeah. With Kyrie there. Just for that one season. Yeah. That would have been the favorite, wouldn't it? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Right. Yeah, regardless of who they traded. And, and that's and then the Lakers, too, like, they reportedly didn't offer Ingram, which, again, makes sense. for The, the Lakers seem like they're just confident in being able to sign him in 2019. Do you oh, yeah, think, we saw how that went yeah, with, with Paul, Paul George. George. Yeah. But do you think Bill, uh, Boston and Philly screwed up by not topping this offer? Well, that depends on the return, obviously. Yeah. Like, they could top this offer, but if that included, like, a Joel Embiid or Ben Simmons, obviously right. no. right. I, I probably would have at least considered folds. Yeah. But at the end of the day, like Kawhi's camp, specifically his uncle, really mm-hmm. seems to be pushing some buttons on Kawhi himself and really, you know, directing his entire future. Right. And I don't want that cloud hanging over Philly. Yeah. And, and to some extent, Boston as well. But I feel Boston was in a better spot to be able to afford a one-year gamble. Yeah. So I'm kind of curious as why they didn't get into that. Yeah, it, I mean, it, it, as you said, it depends on what the Spurs were asking. Like right. we, I don't think we've heard, at least I haven't seen, because I've been offline for basically a week. Uh, I don't think we've seen like a specific trade demand from the Spurs to Boston. Like, were right. they saying you have to include Tatum and Brown? Because in that case, right? No, absolutely not. Or even Tatum, I think you probably don't do it. Yeah, but just Brown? because. Of, yeah, I think Brown. You do. Yeah, Zach, and Zach Lowe had a great column about that. I, I agree, especially. You know, the the years of team control is the argument in favor of Brown. Like, Kawhi is a better player than Brown, but if you're not confident in your ability to re-sign him and you're not confident he's healthy and you have Jalen Brown, who, at, you know, at least six more years, probably seven, that you're guaranteed to have him, I understand. And the same thing for Fultz. I wrote a piece about it, I think, for B-Ball Breakdown. Yeah. I don't remember. Um but that was the argument, too, is, like, you're weighing six or seven years of team control versus one. Now, if if the Spurs were willing to take the package, the reported package of Covington, Sarich, and the 2021 Miami first-round pick, I don't know that that... I, I actually know that does not make them more competitive than the, the package they took. So if that's oh, what yeah. they were weighing, I get why they went this route. If I were the Spurs, I would have at least been weighing that a little bit more. Like, right. You know, because at least that Miami pick could be very good. Saric is just so young. Like, he seems like he's going to... I don't think we've seen the best of him yet by any means. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. He's he's going to be a lot better. I think yeah. people are sleeping on Saric. Like, I agree. I saw some of the reactions to, like, Saric's name being included, like, in, in Kawhi trade proposals. Yeah. People were like, why? That's just Dario Saric is, like, just throwing. Like, right. No. No, this guy is a fully-fledged NBA starter yeah. who's already, at this point, a fringe all-star caliber, if you understand my meaning. Like, right, he's, right. he's just one small step from being, like, in the all-star conversation. I don't know why people are sleeping on him. Like, he can handle the ball. He can, mm-hmm. he, he's a tremendous passer yes. at the power forward position. Yep. He can shoot. He's yeah. not one of those guys who doesn't rebound. Right. Like, he rebounds aggressively. Yeah. And his defense, yeah, it's a little bit shaky mm-hmm. and it's inconsistent. But when it's there, it, it's meaningful and it's right. impactful. Yeah. I feel people are sleeping so much on Sarge. I think that he just falls under the radar because you have the, like, Simmons and B just took up so much attention and then yeah. the false weirdness took up a lot more attention. So Sarge is just kind of that, like... And he's older. Euro. Yeah, right. Obviously. He's, he's because, Euro. You know, and, Luka Doncic is not a good player because right. he's Euro. Same he's, thing with Sarge, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, he's a glue guy, basically, in oh, Philly. Yeah. 
But, like, it, had he gone to San Antonio, I think he could have developed into that all-star caliber player oh, yeah, yeah, next yeah. season. Like, I think he is... I would have loved him. Yeah, he's... I know, he felt so Spursy. Yeah. I'm, I'm, like, almost just sad for Spurs fans that he couldn't go. But... Do you know what he is? He's the new generation of Louis Scola. Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah, yeah. Like, just fundamentally sound in every aspect. Like, right. I know Scola wasn't a great defender, yeah. but, I mean, he was at least competitive on that. Like, he tried. Yeah. He wasn't, he just didn't, he didn't stand still and not try. Right. Like, he gave it everything. And I, I even heard certain NBA players, like, you know, one of the hardest guys to go up against, Louis Scola, yeah. because yeah. he would just, he would mug you. Like, right. He wouldn't have the greatest, like, defensive understanding, but he would at least fight the living shit out of you. And he would have the, all those like crafty finishes under the basket. Oh, that you yeah, the just, little scoop. Yeah, that you yep. have no idea. And like Saric has the same thing. Like it yeah. doesn't look good, but like it just works. It's effective. It's, it's like yeah. not seamless. He doesn't. It just seems like kind of goofy, but yeah. somehow he makes it work. So yeah, I mean, I I hesitate. As you said, I think it depends on like what the Spurs were demanding from Philly and Boston. If mm-hmm. if it really was Simmons or Embiid for Kawhi. That that should have ended the conversation right there. Right. Even like Fultz was my breaking point, I think, just because of the team control. control. And then Boston yeah. as well. It's just like, I don't know what it, it, unless it was Brown, unless it was just Kawhi for Brown straight up. But I, you know, mm. given what they got, I think that's not. No, it's a fine. Yeah. It's a fine return. I, I do have a problem with the top 20 protected 2022, uh, the first rounder, mm-hmm. because it becomes two second rounders if it's not conveyed. Right. It will convey. Yeah. But I have a problem with it not being, like, just further protected for another year or two. Like, I then you could say, okay, then it's a top 15 protected in 2023. Right. Like, I think it's a problem that it breaks into two second rounders, if not conveyed. Yeah. I, and I don't think necessarily that would have been a deal breaker. Yeah. Because it's Kawhi Leonard. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was the part. Like, you would have liked a better pick. Yeah. Or at least, as you said, like, one that had a better chance of conveying right. as... Even a mid-first rounder, or like top ten protected eventually. Yeah, but it's, it is going to convey, yeah, I, I think. I, I would I can't so. imagine it won't be. Unless, of course, Kawhi Leonard decides that he's going to sit out, which is a weird rumor. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. That is not going to be true. No. no, it is not. Yeah. Hey, so, let, me, let me sit out two years. Yeah, right, right. And then go get a max contract exactly. after having not, not played for 24 months. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. sure that's really going to inspire a lot of guys. Oh, yeah. Want extra cash for vacation or to buy something you've always wanted? Transfer your auto loan to Pathways Financial Credit Union and we'll give you 1% cash back up to $1,000. And you can enjoy no payments for three months. Visit a convenient Central Ohio location and let us take care of your auto loan and provide extra cash. Check us out at PathwaysCU.com. Offer of credit subject to credit approval. Loan interest will continue to accrue during the first three months of no payments. Pathways is federally insured by the NCUA. So let's move into the Toronto side of things now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like, how do you not love this for Toronto, right? Yeah, I mean, look. All right. So I just spent 10 minutes just praising DeMar DeRozan. Yeah. And I'm, I, I maintain all of that. But here's the thing. His contract is extremely large. Yep. So even if, you know, Kawhi leaves next summer mm-hmm. and you start to sort of a rebuild, you got yep. out of DeMar DeRozan's contract. Yep. Uh, you know, as great as he is... That's just a lot of money. Yeah. So I, this just makes a, a rebuilding process, if it comes to that, so much easier. Right. But I love it for a different reason as well. So we've heard several times over that Toronto is one of those teams that really treats its staff well. Like mm-hmm. the, the staff around like their players are routinely the best compensated, financially speaking, mm-hmm. 
staff in the entire NBA. Mm-hmm. People love it there. Yeah. And it's apparently very easy to fall in love with that organization. Yep. Look no further than DeMar DeRozan. Right. Who was just absolutely destroyed yeah. by being traded, which was really unfortunate. Yeah. So I think if there's a team where that Kawhi could fall in love with that isn't the Spurs, like usually we use the Spurs as the argument here. Right, right. But then it's Toronto. Yeah. Like he will have a whole country to himself, yes. essentially. The thing is, and this is a great point, like, if Kawhi really wants L.A., right? Mm-hmm. There was a tweet the other day. I don't know if you saw it because you've been busy. Yeah, you know, probably not. Yeah. Basically saying if Kawhi was actually, at times, forced by media relations people to mm-hmm. give answers to, to questions. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, he would routinely just give one-word replies to reporters. Like, he has very little say. You know, we we joke around about Kawhi being quiet and stuff, but it's, right. it's actually a problem. Right. To the point where you have to get personnel involved like mm-hmm. to tell him, look, you're contractually obligated to speak. Right. So what's the idea here if he wants right. to go to L.A. <laughs> and be like a marketing mogul? You can't be... Like, look, the, the era of silent films are over. Yeah. They ended in 1919. <laughs> right. So I'm not really sure what the hell he's trying to do. I'm not either. I know that. I think I even tweeted that before I left because there was a... I think it was in the Woj story... Um, that said something along the lines of, like, he wants to go to L.A., but he also wants to avoid, like, media scrutiny and the spotlight. And it's like, what do you think's going to happen? Every LeBron James team turns into a circus. Yeah. LeBron James on the Lakers is ten times of a circus. Right. And then if Lonzo Ball is still there, and Voldemort's still there, it's just going to be an absolute shit show. Like, what do you think is going to happen? And even if he goes to the Clippers, he's not going to get away from that. Right, because then it's going to be, like, you're on the rival team of LeBron, you're going to be the two competing stars in L.A. There's no... if, If he is really as quiet as rumored, and as, like, reluctant to speak to the media as rumored... Toronto is actually perfect for him. Yeah, it's Canada. Like, right, and they're like a really good team. I mean, they were the number yeah. one seed in the East, and like no one really pays attention to them during the season. No offense, Raptors fans, but like, yeah, it's right. like, uh, you know, Boston and Philly were dominating most mm-hmm. of the conversation in the Eastern Conference and Cleveland, obviously. Right. But like, it's the same thing would have happened and probably will happen. Like, there will be a lot of focus on the Raptors at first just because. Kawhi's new and like we just want to see how it works and then if they hit a groove if they get off to like a 16 and 4 start it's gonna be like oh great okay we'll check back in with you in April and we'll see if you can get over this weird playoff exactly and you know who else was quiet initially when he got there Vince Carter ooh yeah he was quiet too and like a lot of people were like oh Vince in in Canada because at that point in time the Raptors were just not an attractive location right right but Vince kind of grew into himself there. Like, he, he discovered, oh, you know, the Raptors fans are hardcore. Yeah. And they are. Yeah. Like, they, are, they have to be one of the most passionate fan. No, oh, they yeah. are. Yeah. They uh, are. I mean, like, yeah, they're up there at least. Yeah. And they're top three at the very least. Yeah. Yeah. Like, they're so passionate and passionate about it. And, and like, the, he grew to love that. Yes. And I think why, to some extent, will have an opportunity to develop on his own merits there, like mm-hmm. in his own pace. Mm-hmm. The problem just, again, it's the goddamn uncle. Yeah, like, I know. I, if he forces Kawhi, like what if Kawhi absolutely loves it in Toronto, but that right. uncle is in his ear and go, no, you don't love it. Yeah, love it. <laughs> right, right. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's just, it's, it's weird. 
I, I think agree. it's a weird situation. But yeah, like you asked me well, how I, how you I, you couldn't love it from or, or how could you not love it for Toronto? Right. Then, look, let's assume Kawhi stays. Yeah. Or let's just focus on this year alone. Right. Actually. Yeah. I mean, good lord. Yeah. Look, he's so much better than DeRozan, and that's all respect to DeRozan. Right. But like, he's just on another level. A fully yeah. healthy Kawhi Leonard is a top five NBA player. Yes. And what have we been saying all along about the Raptors? They need a lead guide. Yeah. Here's what's kind of sad, though. The moment they get a LeBron killer, I know LeBron leaves. He goes to the West. Like, yeah, that's 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 just not. Yeah, that's unfortunate. Now it could be a Tatum killer, or a oh. Hayward killer, or a Simmons killer. Oh, God. Kawhi against Tatum it's gonna in be the fun. playoffs. Yeah. I mean, I love Jason Tatum, but I think he's going to be eaten alive. Yeah. I mean, I, I've watched too many of these pure sweat videos during the summer, and I've seen yeah. how, how good Tatum looks. And, uh, oh, he's fantastic. Yeah. But, but it's Kawhi, Kawhi, I know. Kawhi I mean, is, yeah. Like, if there's a guy who can make Tatum look, like, yeah. as a human being, right. it's it's Kawhi. Just swallow his yeah. life up, but yeah. But then Boston has so many other guys. Like they do, but like that specific lineup. Yeah. yeah. But do you think they're the favorites of coming out of the East, or is that still Boston? <sighs> because I'm leaning Boston still. I am too, but like I, we should also mention like Danny Green in this trade is not just a throw-in. Oh yeah. Like Danny Green's going to be a big part of that team. I feel like Spurs fans. Well, I mean, they're just so fiercely loyal to every player. So, like, so most of them will still love him. I think there was a subsect that got frustrated with him because he's he, he's much like Robert Covington in Philly. He's just, like, so streaky. And yeah. when he's on, he's, like, really on. And you just have confidence in every shot. And then when he's off, he is really off. At least offensively. Right. De- defensively, he's an asset all the time. But, yeah. yeah, like, his shot making comes and goes. And it's the same thing with Covington. He's really good defensively no matter what. But, like... Offensively, it's just so streaky. But, like, add Green as a defender and then Kawhi as, like, this all-world defensive player of the year caliber player to a Toronto team that already has Lowry, that has Ibaka, that has Valanchunas in the starting lineup. And a bench. Are we assuming Green starts? I don't know. I mean, I probably... Like, let's let's think about that. Because who started at the three for Toronto? Ochi and Anubi. It's kind of a shame not to... keep starting him but like he has to sit like he's he can't play the two right like, he's too and, big yeah and like do you need him i mean Kawhi just fills Kawhi like merges DeRozan's offensive game with Except, ogs exactly. and then it's better than both right. of those guys respectively and you can't play og off a spot in the starting line because you can't put search on the bench because that will kill his confidence entirely. right you put so much stock into Valanciunas lately yeah so if you slide the back up to the five and put jonas on the bench like that's he checks out, right? Because he's he's tired of being jerked around. Yeah. Um. So so that's not going to work. I think OG is going to go to the bench. I agree. Yeah. yeah I think it's going to be like the Lowry. bench would be. Yeah. Oh, oh, the, the the starting lineup will be Lowry, Danny Green, mm-hmm. Kawhi, Ibaka, Valanciunas. The yeah. bench will be Fred VanVleet, DeLon Wright, OG, CJ Miles, or actually CJ Miles at the three, OG at the four, right? Uh, and then Pascal. Siakam. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Siakam at the five. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, like, they once again have another, like, much like last year, they have a 10-deep team. They're going to, like, they can just go bench mob again, except now you add OG to the bench mob. Right, and look, the three-point... We are sleeping on the three-pointer for Toronto. Yeah. They were good last year, but this is going to be insane because you replaced DeMar with, essentially, Kawhi and Danny Green. Right. And you take OG out, who's a low-volume shooter. Mm-hmm. Like, he goes to the bench. He yep. can still hit the occasional corner three. Right. But you have CJ Miles there, whole stretch. Yep. So you actually have 
Kyle Lowry, who's a bomber. Yep. Danny Green, who's a bomber. Yep. Kawhi Leonard, who's a bomber. Serge Ibaka can hit the three. Jonas is actually beginning starting to. starting to hit the three. Then you have Fred Van, Van Vliet coming off the bench. He can hit the three. Mm-hmm. You have DeLon Wright, who's starting to become a three-point shooter as well. Ochi can hit a little bit. CJ, obviously. <laughs> right. And Siakam is a developing shooter, but like... So Siakam is actually... The least... Oh my god, that's insane. Like, yeah. that's 10 players. That's 10 rotation players who can all, like, seriously hit the three. Right. That's two five-out, five out, you know, units. Yeah. They're gonna... Like, I hadn't even thought about that. That's insane. Nick Nurse has his work cut out for him, finding, like, this whole regular season is just gonna be, like, figuring out which five-man groups work best. Mm-hmm. Do you have to keep... The starters as one and a bench unit as one. Can you merge the two? I think yeah, he'll, he'll tinker around. But, like, that's the thing. And, you know, going back to this question of are they the favorite in the East, I don't know if they are. I still think I have Boston up yep. there as well. But I think they're clearly – I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if they're the number one seed again. And I think they're clearly ahead of Philly now. Yeah, I, I like. Agree. I just think they have so much versatility. Like, I – you know, I am a Philly guy. I hope it's Toronto no, Boston. You are. <laughs> but I hope it's Toronto Boston in the Eastern Conference Finals. I think yeah. that would just be so much like both teams just have so much versatility now. Yeah. Like I think that's the most entertaining matchup. And I frankly think that's probably the most entertaining matchup. I guess Toronto and Warriors and Boston Warriors will be good, but like I think the Warriors are so much better than everyone in the West. Yeah. Whereas Toronto Boston is gonna be like pretty closely matched. Like I think that you know, we always called the or like the Western Conference Finals last year were the real finals. Like the Eastern Conference Finals this year won't be the real finals because they're playing the Warriors, but it's going to be like possibly, yeah, yeah, it could be like the best matchup of the playoffs yep. if it's Toronto Boston. And here's the thing: having two units that can hit the three mm. also gives them so much swing in their games. Like you yeah. could, they could win a series if they get hot, right? Like having that flexibility or having that potential, yeah. That just stretches your overall potential. Mm-hmm. Like if you just get hot for a couple games, even yeah, like that can swing several games. And you're not going to miss 27 straight threes, most likely. More you than have... likely, yeah, because you have Kawhi. <laughs> right. I, by the way, I was just watching um, some Kawhi videos the other week in, from from the playoffs, mm-hmm. where it was just oh yeah, ridiculous. Yeah. Like that, we never talk about that because he's so quiet and because he played in San Antonio. We're always like, oh, LeBron and Steph and all those guys. Mm-hmm. Like he's just an assassin oh, he, late yeah. in games. Yeah. Like the way that he plays both ends, like he's I don't even think he saves himself. Like he plays hard during games, mm-hmm. but Pop just had the presence of mind of sitting him going into like the fourth and stuff like that. So he came in, you know, really fresh. And he would have these ten minute you know, intervals where he just played balls out on both ends. Yep. He would make clutch buckets and he'll go guard the best wing player. Make clutch bucket, go guard the best wing player. That's <laughs> right. insane. Like there, there was a reason I was on the Kawhi Leonard for MVP wagon yeah. last year, and I didn't yeah. know he would miss like right. practically all year. So, <laughs> right. but but I mean, he's he's that type of player. Yeah. And God, they really needed that. Yeah. They needed a different approach. Right now, like yeah, even if they devolve into their usual like crunch time isolation, mm-hmm. there's a difference between a Demar Derozan isolation and a Kawhi Leonard. Isolation. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The, it's funny because. Demar, I feel is, you know, I, I know he struggles with depression, mm-hmm. but I still view him as very mentally strong personally. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Whereas on the court, his men's, you know, he's not that mentally strong. Mm-hmm. And Kawhi, it's the opposite. Like, yeah, because he's letting his uncle boss him around. Right. So right, he's right. not mentally strong off the court, mm-hmm. but on the court, 
like his confidence level is just that's in, in one of those rare categories, like LeBron, yeah. Michael, those right. guys. Yeah, like he has zero doubt about yeah. himself when he steps on the court. I think maybe I'm just you know this is this is I'm not obviously a psychologist, <laughs> right. thing, but I think that's. The, I think the court represents a place where he can actually just shut mm. himself off from the world, which he yeah. likes. Like, we right. know that. Right. And he can just focus on what he loves. Yeah. Well, I think, and also I'm guessing, like, the start of his career, having to not shoulder a huge load, being able to play in the finals early, match up mm. with LeBron, like... And win that out, Yeah, like, outplay LeBron in 2014. <laughs> like, I think that gave him the confidence to be like, oh, shit, I'm actually... Like, you know, he didn't need, like, a 10-year period. Like, Kevin Durant is still, like, insecure about how good he is. Or he yeah. was until he got to the Warriors, at least. Yeah, now he seems a little bit more... Right. Yeah. But, like, he said, you know, I like, I went to the Warriors to find out how good I was, basically. Like, yeah. Kawhi doesn't have that problem. Kawhi knows. Like, I, yeah. when healthy, I am a top-five player. I can beat any player in this league, including LeBron James in the finals. Mm-hmm. Like, I am that good. So, yeah, it, like, Toronto having that type of weapon... I mean, it, oh man, it's they're going to be so much fun to watch. Like I, you know, we we joke about how no one pays attention to them from you know at, from December until April. Like this is the year if you're going to mm-hmm. give the Raptors a chance. I I'm sad because we were on the Raptors bandwagon last year and it blew up in our faces so hard. We're back on the Raptors bandwagon oh, yeah, yeah. this year. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I will say it's kind of funny because you know here in Denmark you had or at least you had. Mm-hmm. A fairly strong Raptors fan base, mm. you know, in the early 2000s because of Win- Vince. And, okay, and like, yeah. Because, you know, also the Rapture thing. Like, sure. dinos aren't cool. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I know the, the you know, Americans look at that a little bit differently, and a lot of Canadians are like, no, let's just call them the Huskies and move on. And oh, I get yeah. that. I get yeah. it. I get it. I get it. But it seems in recent years, like, over here, the, the Raptors fan base have kind of dropped off. Mm-hmm. And I, I do suspect that it's because of lack of coverage. Yeah. Like, they don't they didn't, they didn't get a lot of TV games over here as well. Right. So, like, yeah. I, I think it's time that we as an NBA community start to pimp the Raptors a little bit. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah it's, I mean, and also, like, let's not knock them, knock them because they're Canadian. Canada right, right now is probably a better country <laughs> than... Yeah. yeah so. If anything, they should automatically be anointed NBA champions. Right, right. Yeah. Just, just for political reasons. Right. Yeah. yeah. At Pathways Financial Credit Union, we know things come up that might require extra family funds. You could use the equity in your home to help pay for almost anything, from home improvements to a family vacation. Our home equity line of credit has rates and payments much lower than a traditional loan or credit card. Find out why Pathways is the fastest-growing credit union in Ohio over the last 10 years. Visit one of our convenient locations or check us out at PathwaysCU.com. Offer of credit is subject to credit approval. Pathways is an equal opportunity lender and is federally insured by the NCUA. All right, let's switch gears now. Well, we need to talk about the other big trade that happened while I was on vacation. This one we saw coming, at least in the sense that Carmelo Anthony was destined to be moved at mm-hmm. some point, whether traded, waived, stretched, whatever. Uh, OKC found the taker, the Atlanta Hawks. They also got Philly involved, so it was a three-team deal in which Anthony is going to Atlanta. Philly is also sending Justin Anderson to Atlanta. Dennis Schroeder and Timothy Luau-Cabarillo are going to OKC, and then Mike Muscala is going to Philly. So let's talk about it briefly for all three teams. Right. Let's start with OKC. I mean, obviously, the big incentive was just get off of Carmelo's contract. They right. saved, according to Woj, it was like 61 or more than $61 million in luxury tax payments, and then another $11 million in salary. Yep. Uh, so that was a no-brainer. Um, 
How do you think Schroeder is going to fit in OKC, though? Because he, clearly he's got Russell Westbrook there. He's yeah. most likely coming off the bench. Do you think he's going to be an asset for them, or do you think he's going to be kind of a head case going from you know starting, playing 35-plus minutes, taking right. every shot he wants, now he has to have a dialed-back role? Yeah, I'm not really confident about him in OKC. He is a head case. Mm-hmm. I mean, we heard some stuff. <laughs> yeah. Uh, privately right. about a certain German also in the NBA. Oh yes, who yeah. did not want him on his team. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it's it's pretty interesting how how he just kind of lately over the last year year and a half just became weird. Yeah, like he so fell out of favor with Atlanta. Oh like, yeah, they were desperate. They were absolutely desperate to dump him. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, to answer your question, I have no idea. It depends entirely <laughs> on the kind of mindset he brings to the th- to the team. Like when yeah. he when he reports to training camp, if his mind is right, mm-hmm. I could actually. This is a talent infusion. Like, yeah. I mean, let, let's not you know crap on his game. Like we can crap on on the personality and, and these issues, but like his game is solid to some extent. Like he's got a, a bad shot selection, all that. Yep. But here's the thing: he's got great mechanics. Yep. He's athletic. He's really, really quick. Mm-hmm. And even though he struggled defensively, yeah. all the tools are there. It's right. just a question of putting it together. Yeah. And even his passing is actually pretty fluent and good. Yeah. It, it, it's just a question of him realizing, oh, I'm not as good as I think I am. Right. And I need to actually work my ass off to get to that level where I think I am at in yeah. my head because yeah. I'm not there. Right. I, I, when I look at Dennis Schroeder, all I see is a guy who's like 40% of the way to the guy he could be. Yeah. And I know that people are like, oh, but he scores 20 a game. No, don't look at stats. When right. I say that, I'm not looking at stats. Right. I'm looking at the way he plays. Yeah. Like, he he will do something that is just objectively awesome. Mm-hmm. Then he'll follow that up with three or four <laughs> right. just completely boneheaded plays. Yeah. Like, if you remove those from the equation, like you can still four boneheaded play once in a while. Just look at Russell Westbrook. Right. And that's more than one. Right. That's more than two as well. Yeah. But, I mean, you can afford that as long as you just... Continue your streak of making good, you know, good fundamental decisions. Yeah. Which he just does not. Right. And I wonder if OKC is the best environment. Because he's going to look at Russell Westbrook. I know. And he's going to go, oh, I can do that too. Yeah, I know. And like, mm, no, Dennis. Sweetie, <laughs> sweetie no. Right. And by the way, why have we not thrown around Dennis the Menace? Oh, that's a good one. Like, it's, yeah. That's so fitting right now. It's probably going to be his thing, especially yeah. like when... Yeah, when he has one game where he like throws it away for OKC, uh-huh. that'll be the, the headline on the Oklahoman. Just oh, like they Dennis had the Menace. Yeah, Mr. I love that. Unreliable for Kevin Durant. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not super pumped on the fit. Like, I, like you, I have a bunch of concerns as well, but I could see it working out. There's yeah. a world in which, like, he could be, you know, the bench scorer they needed. Like, last year, their starting <laughs> lineup was so good and their bench was just completely anemic. Like, if he embraces that sixth man role like it doesn't matter for him like he's i think he's got three more years on his contract he's getting Mm -hmm. like 16 17 million a year like he doesn't need to worry about putting up stats he's not in a contract year like you're getting paid either way dennis like if you're putting up 12 points a game that's fine you're still making the same amount of money either way but then he could embrace like that lou williams role where he's just like i was thinking that i was just a microwave scorer off the bench same physical profile same strength yeah it's just obvious isn't it right i mean he's his as you said the shot selection is going to be a big question um but then again like the okc's bench is still not offensively they need that spark plug 
let's just say it out loud. They are not offensively <laughs> competent. Right. Because, like... That's a, that's a really horrific offensive lineup. Yeah. Off the bench. Right. Like, I, I'm not... I'm assuming... Like, I've been going through this because I'm writing about OKC and, like, how I just... You know, I've talked about on this ep- on this podcast before. Just right now, their defense is poised to be incredible next mm-hmm. year. Like, top five, if not top three. So, I think it's going to be... not top one. Yeah, I, I'm going to always give it to Utah. Yeah, but, yeah, I get that, but they could get They, they could get, get there. there. Yeah. Oh my God. Like, yeah. I'm assuming it's going to be Russ, Roberson, George... Probably Patrick Patterson in the starting lineup, just for spacing reasons. Oh, yeah, yeah. Unless like, Jeremy Grant shows a three-point shot in training camp. In right. Which came, like, game over. Yeah. Oh, God, that would be good. But I'm getting, at least to start the year, we can see Jeremy. And, like, we'll see a bunch of mixing. But so Steven Adams. Him at the four, and then Adams at the five. And then it's, like, Schroeder, two and three, I don't know. Probably, like, Abrinas, and then... Terrence Ferguson. Yeah, maybe him. Like, they got... Luau Cabrero as well, so like oh, yeah, yeah. He'll, they'll all see minutes. I have zero confidence in any of those guys. And then you'll have Grant at the four and Nerlens at the five. Yeah. But even if it's Grant at the four and Nerlens at the five, like neither of those guys you're relying on. Mm-mm. So like, there is a road in which Schroeder can be. You know, Russ goes takes a rest at the end of the first quarter. Schroeder comes in and just runs the team for the next six minutes. Yeah. Like he he could be a very good asset there. And as you said, he's. He's been, like, metrics-wise, he has been horrendous defensively, I think, for the last five years. Yeah. There was one year in Atlanta where he was actually pretty good. So, like, you're right. The tools are there. The athleticism is there. The physical profile is there. He just needs to focus in on that end. But I feel like Billy Donovan from training camp onward needs to be, like, defense is our identity. Yeah. Like, we're, we're going to – we have Russ. We have Paul George. Like, Schroeder. We have guys who can score – we need to make our impact. We have a bunch of like long, rangy athletes. Yeah. We need like if we're gonna beat Golden State, we need to beat their ass on defense. Yep. So I think it, Schroeder could be a valuable weapon in that if he embraces that role. Mm-hmm. Or he could go get hot dogs with Durnos and no, no, no <laughs> right. Yeah, right. There. Yeah, that's that's the question. But oh like, God, that's that's a horrendous like potential there. Negative yeah. potential, like him and Nerlens. Yeah. Oh boy. I know. Both feeling underappreciated mm-hmm. while actually not having the games to back up their own self-worth. But Nerlens at least needs to be on his best behavior because he's, in theory, in a contract year. He's where Dennis is going to be. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. Probably. <laughs> maybe, maybe that's good. Like, Nerlens will just be like, even though he's just 24, he'll look, look young fella. Look at where I am. Look at <laughs> yeah. where I'm at. Right. I, t- I turned down 80 million. Don't. Oh, my God. Don't be like me. Don't don't be like me. Poor New Orleans. Yeah. yeah. But, I, like, I'm really excited. I've, I'm officially embracing OKC as my Western Conference team, if only because they've got, like, half. It's, like, just oh, now process West. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's why I had, like, Minnesota. Yeah, With Jimmy right. Butler. Right. Yeah. Yeah, your Minnesota had a little bit better version of it. Like, the Timber Bulls are a little yeah. bit better than, like, OK process, which is just, like, a bunch of cast-offs. But I, I'm excited. I, I Like, I, I really do. I'm high on this Thunder team. Mm. Like, this is addition by subtraction, if only because Mello was just so bad, really, on both ends last year. Like, (laughs) you know, he's never really gave a shit on defense, but, like, offense, he was just so bad because he just didn't really embrace the role, as he said, and, like, he just had a higher higher vision of what he could be at this point of his career, whereas a a guy like Patrick Patterson, he's still, I think, a 37% career three-point shooter. Yeah, he can do some damage, yeah. And, like, he'll embrace more of a, like... Just stand in the corner and spot up. Yeah. Like, 
Like that's no that's isolations. Like just stand in the corner, be ready for you know mm-hmm. Russ is gonna drive and kick a lot. Paul George is gonna drive and kick a lot. Um, yeah, and like then just you know Melo was just so bad on both ends that getting rid of him and adding a potential contributor in Schroeder. Right. Like, how do you not love this move for OKC? Yeah. Even if it, you know, even if Schroeder blows up in their face, it's still like between the financial savings, getting rid of Mello, getting a potential contributor. Great move for OKC. At Pathways Financial Credit Union, we know things come up that might require extra family funds. You could use the equity in your home to help pay for almost anything, from home improvements to a family vacation. Our home equity line of credit has rates and payments much lower than a traditional loan or credit card. Find out why Pathways is the fastest-growing credit union in Ohio over the last 10 years. Visit one of our convenient locations or check us out at PathwaysCU.com. Offer of credit is subject to credit approval. Pathways is an equal opportunity lender and is federally insured by the NCUA. Atlanta, I think, is the next question. Is Did they get enough for taking on Mello? They got a pick, right? Did they? I didn't see if they did. I saw they definitely got Justin Anderson. If they got a pick, I'm not entirely sure. I believe they got a pick. Okay. Let me just, yeah, let's pull it up. With yeah, you. yeah. Let's see. Carmelo trade. Yeah. Because, honestly, I, I don't remember every trade over this course of right. the summer. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I saw this. Uh, when did he get traded? Yeah, my first day here, I think, which yeah, is great. sounds about right. Yeah. And we were planning for you, so. Right. Oh, you're right. Oh, yeah, they sent uh, the Thunder. Oh, the Thunder sent the 2022 protected first-round pick. Yeah. We might have gotten the deal- details wrong of the Kawhi trade. Uh, this one is... Protected one to fourteen and becomes two second round picks if not traded. Right. Yeah, because in the in the, in the Kawhi trade, I think that's twenty nineteen. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, go back and mentally adjust for that one. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So it's yeah twenty twenty two protected first round pick, lottery protected in twenty twenty two becomes right. two second round picks if yeah. not conveyed that first year. And I think that was the same deal with the Kawhi trade. Okay. Well. It yeah, was yeah. yeah. Just we got the year wrong. Yeah. Okay. I think that was the only thing. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, lottery protected first plus Justin Anderson for Carmelo. Is that right. enough? I mean, the pig is going to convey. I think. You like, think all of those guys are going to be off the books by then. Like, Paul George can come off in 2021, I believe. Oh, that's true. Uh, that's true. And, and at that point in time. I think. Oh, actually, I think Russ is he's signed. Gonna, I think yeah, he's, he's the only be 34 one. 34 at that point, right. But, yeah, like, we just don't know. I mean, I would think it will convey, but, like, we just have no idea. Because, yeah, Russ is the only player guaranteed to be under contract. Yeah. No, that's because I'm just assuming those guys would just be there. But you're Less right. Likely. I mean, yeah, if they're not, and if things blow up in their face, like, that's different. Yeah. Because, yeah, Adams yeah. ends yeah. after 20, after 2020, 2021. Right. And then Paul George can opt out. Yeah. And then, like, there was talk of him doing an extension beforehand. So, like, yeah, the likelihood is that it will convey. But who knows at this point. But I don't think they were able to get more because of Schroeder. Yeah. Everybody knew, like, he was a mental case. Right. And and I think there's there's considerable risk in taking him on. Yes. I think everyone knew that. Mm -hmm. And that just drove the price down. Yep. Yeah. And that was the thing with, like, the Brooklyn trade. Was it... Yeah, with the um, Fareed and Arthur, right. where they, like, dumped Jeremy Lin. So, like, technically, they only saved, like, or they took on $20 million, but they dumped 12 so they only added 8 
And this is like for Atlanta, you dumped Carmelo Anthony, so you took or you added Carmelo Anthony, so you took twenty eight, but you dumped right. Schroeder, so you dumped like fifteen or sixteen, and then you got rid of Mascala as well. So they actually didn't add all that much in terms of salary this year. Also, who gives a shit? Because they weren't going <laughs> to use it anyway. Yep. Like, there wasn't anyone they were going to use it on. Right, they're rebuilding. Right, so, like, getting, yeah, getting a lotto protected first is fine, I guess. Like, whatever. Uh, there's decent upside there, especially given the uncertainty with OKC. And now, you know, we, again, we don't know when the one and dones are going to happen, but there was, like, some speculation that it might not be until 2022 instead of 2021. So. Right. Just, like, teams should just, in general, be accumulating picks. For 2021 and 2020. Right, those years. And just, like, you know, at that point, it's just a gamble on, like, when it's going to kick in. That's nine years ahead. Yeah. Yeah. But then, like, if you are lucky and if you get it in the right year, like, Mm -hmm. that could be a very good pick. Even if it's in the 20s, you could get a player that should be in the teens. You know, if you get, like, the number 25 pick that year, you could get a player who has the talent of a mid-first rounder. Right. Uh, So... It's fine. Like, I I think it's, especially given how down they seemed on Schroeder, as yeah. you said. Like, you know, they added Jeremy Lin, which all but signaled, like, we are getting Dennis Schroeder out of our out of our hair this year. Freeing that up and, like, yep. you know, Mello comes off the books after this year. Schroeder was signed for, I think, three more years. Having that freedom gives them more opportunities you know, next summer in the summer of 2020, I'm not saying that Atlanta is going to be a huge free agent destination, but you no, can but just they have some flexibility, right? You can do this thing again. There's going to be like Luol Deng will be an expiring contract, then mm-hmm. Ryan Anderson will be an expiring contract, then yep. you can squeeze assets, right? Just rent more cap space, whereas Schroeder would have been preventing mm-hmm. you from doing that, or sign Jabari Parker. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, I guess if his team option gets declined, he yep. could. Yeah. Yep. Um, do you think Justin Anderson brings anything to the table in Atlanta, or is he just kind of like an end-of-the-bench guy? End-of-the-bench guy, uh, you know, initially. Mm-hmm. But he, I I feel he's talented. I agree. He is extremely athletic. I feel he's got very great timing defensively, mm-hmm. and I think he could turn into something good. Yeah. He's still young. Like, he's not super young to 24? Right. Yeah, somewhere like around there. Yeah, yeah. 24, 25. But, but I feel he's an NBA player. Mm-hmm. Like, if he just somehow got that goddamn jump shot down. Yeah. That's yeah. just that's the big thing because he's big, he's physical, he mm-hmm. can jump out the gym. He can actually fight on the glass when he wants to. Yep. And it's it's just he seems to be a guy who just needs to find the right spot where he can develop on his own pace. Yeah. I don't know if OKC is that place. Or sorry, Atlanta. Atlanta, yeah. yeah. Totally my fault. Yeah. Because they seem to be not really looking at the overall results. You're just going to, mm-hmm. you know, asset, you know, asset accumulation. Right. And I don't know if they have the time or energy for a training, you know, the training staff to go in and work with him, like from a detail perspective. Yeah. Like, okay, let's get this settled. Let's get this settled. Sure. And, and also he's up for like a new contract. Yeah. After this year. After this year. Mm-hmm. So it might behoove them to yeah, try to develop a small thing in him, but then kind of, lay back a little bit and see if they can get him on like a minimum cheap, or yeah. like a cheap deal. Yeah. Like maybe they sign him to like, I don't know, two years, five million or something and then get, you know, unleash him. Right. Because I 
believe he'll be restricted after this year, so that's yeah. going to chill his market anyway. Right. And and if he's not producing, like who's going to offer him? <laughs> oh, right. sorry, the Kings. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, most likely. Okay, yeah, yeah the Kings are going to offer him like two a year, seventeen million. Of course. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah I mean, I'm. I don't think Atlanta should like be printing a million Justin Anderson jerseys. Like, don't no. hold, hold no. up a buy your Hawks Anderson jerseys. But yeah, yeah like he's a good flyer. Like, there's yeah. no risk involved, and, like, if he takes off, that's great. I mean, as you said, like, Torian Prince is going to be their main focus, right. their main developmental focus at the forward spot. Anderson is a fine bench guy. I wouldn't expect him to play 30-plus minutes, but, like, on or that... 20. Yeah, probably. Or, or right. 10. You know? Yeah, yeah. But, like, on that Atlanta team that just doesn't have that many pieces that you're sure of... Right. Whatever. Yeah. It's yeah. fine. He's a good, like, bench body otherwise. Yeah, and he could become something. So it's, yeah. it's fine. It's absolutely... And if he becomes something, like Atlanta wins this trade, like hands down. Yeah, right. Uh, so then let's close it out with the Philly aspect because mm-hmm. they gave up on two young guys, TLC yeah. and Anderson. They got Mike Muscala. Yeah. It seems like this was just a reaction to the whole Bielica nonsense, mm-hmm. which is like he agreed to the room exception, backed out, said he was staying in Europe, then agreed to join the Kings instead. And so, you know, Philly was down the stretch four that they wanted. Yeah. Um, and, you yeah, know, he's I, a shooter. Yeah, I guess so. So do you think it was it was smart to give up on these bench guys for I filling not. that role? You do not. I do not. I, like, I, like we just talked about, there's still some potential left in, in Justin Anderson. Mm-hmm. And if there's one spot on Philly where you can still have, you know, a place to find something. Yeah. It's probably at the forwards, especially if we play Ben at the Definitely, line. yeah. So at the forward spots, I feel you kind of gave up a good chance because you know, TLC's plays like shooting guard, small forwards. He's a wing. Yeah. Much like Justin Anderson, who's more of a three and four. Right. But those two positions, like those are the places where you can actually have a chance to carve out some minutes for guys and see yeah. what they can do. Yeah. So I feel that was a little bit short-sighted. Muscala at this point, I don't see him as a stretch four. I see him as strictly as a stretch five. five. Yeah. And I, I just don't really understand it. I mean, you're getting Jonah Bolden over. Mm-hmm. He, he actually signed, traded Rashawn Holmes so Jonah Bolden could get his minutes. Yep. So, like, Muscala's not going to get a whole lot of minutes. And, and yeah, I just, I was kind of like, I didn't get that. You gave up two guys, not with tremendous upside. Right. But some upside. Right. For a guy who's pretty much maxed out. Yeah. I think... The, the Well, first of all, Philly, as we've mentioned before, especially with Bolden, you know, he did come over, but, like, it was yeah. rumored that he was going to all year, so they were just at this, like, rust, roster spot crunch. Like, they had too many guys signed to deals even before Bolden came. They had 16 guys. You could wave Bayless and get down to 15, but then if you sign Bolden, you're back up to 16, and if you use the room exception on anyone, you're back up to 17. So they were kind of screwed in a way. Like they had to get, they had to trim the fat yep. somewhere. Um, I thought Bayless. I still think Bayless is gone. Uh, whether you know there's there's been reports that they're talking about trading him for Kyle Korver, which I don't understand why Cleveland would do it, but by all means, please do. <laughs> um, and then, as you said, Rashad got traded as well. Um, but I think this was really just they know, like TLC. I agree. Both of those guys, frankly, have upside. They know there wasn't really minutes for either guy. Right. And at that point, you're just like, 
you know, we've had these guys in our organization. Nerlens, the Nerlens trade brought Anderson over, so we've had him for a year and a half. We've had yep. TLC for two. And he's shown something, but not... Yeah, yeah. Like, like, there's upside there, but I'm not super confident that right. he taps into it. I think, you know, like, he just lacks that signature skill. Like, yep. Furkan Korkmaz... Shooting. Right. So that kept him there over TLC. Mm-hmm. And then you bring in guys like, you know, you just uh, got Zaire Smith in the draft. You just got Landry Shamet in the draft. Like... Yep. There just weren't going to be minutes for all of these guys. So, yeah, like, it, it, it's a bummer to not get any draft compensation and just get, <laughs> like, an expiring yeah. contract in Muscala. I do, I'm curious to see if he, you know, if he gets minutes over Amir Johnson, because I agree he's better at the five than the four at this point. And I also agree that, like, if there is one position Philly could have gone without, like, yeah, you need mm-hmm. a stretch four, but, like, you could have fudged it by having Dario fill some of those minutes. Yep. Wilson Chandler could have filled some of those minutes. Yeah. Robert Covington could have slid even up. Even TLC. Like, I know yeah. he's not a shooter, but, like, he can even play out a spot when he goes yeah. super small. Yeah. Justin Anderson, certainly. Justin could. Anderson could have as well. Like, there are ways around it, but if yep. you just felt like you needed, you know, this this feels like kind of a, a an insurance play for Embiid, in a way. Because, yeah. like, yeah, that makes sense. if Embiid goes down, God forbid, like, you don't. <laughs> your, your season's over if you're right. trotting out Amir Johnson. Well, you have placement. Yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> you know what? Like, I know people are down on him because of the summer league. Like, who gives a shit? He's no, gonna he's be good. fine. Yeah, he's good. I mean, look, summer league doesn't matter. Right. He's, he's a guy who's gonna get you shot blocking. He's gonna get you steals. He's gonna get you good passing. He's gonna get you rebounds. He's yeah. gonna get you three point shooting. I mean, he's. I think I mentioned that, but he's he's gonna give you a whole bunch of different things. Yeah. Jordan Bolden is a multifaceted player. Right. Like, people don't recognize that. Yeah. So he's going to be good. And that's partly why I was wondering about the Muscala thing. Mm-hmm. Because I think TLC has a lot of potential left. Yeah. Like, I, I've mentioned that game against Houston before. Mm-hmm. In mm-hmm. Houston. Yeah. Like, he just, he set the world on fire for for a couple of minutes. And he you saw the whole repertoire. Like, he was hitting from outside. He was getting to the rim. And he was playing with confidence. The only thing here that was different from that game to others is usually he hesitated. Right. And Houston, for some reason, I don't know if he had like a good meal the night before yeah, or something yeah, or got yeah. late. I don't know. Right. For, for some reason, that one game, like he was just on top of the world. Yeah. He was feeling himself and it worked. So for TLC, I feel it's way more mental yes. than it is like skills wise yep. because I think the skills are there. Yeah. He's and got a great body. Yep. He's athletic. Yep. The release on his jump shot is sound and fundamental. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of just realizing that, dude, you, you actually have some game. Right. Uh, yeah, he, he started a couple games when Reddick got hurt. I think it was, like, late January. And he had he strung together a few good games back-to-back. And he even said, like, there's something about starting and, like, knowing I'm not going to get pulled for the first mistake I make. Yeah. So I think you're right. I think it is a confidence thing. And, I you know, we'll see how he fares in OKC. I mean, there as we discussed, there's going to be... A need for wings off the bench in particular. He could yeah. fill that role. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if he did well there. Right. Um, Future Spurs target for me. Ooh, yeah. That's a good I one. I would love him there. He Not could. because of the international connection, right. but like they're even pretty thin on the forwards. Yes. Yeah. No, yeah, he's like he's good. They're like him and Anderson are both competent NBA players. Yep. They're not gonna like go in your, to Europe next year. Like they right. they have a long term future, whether it's a starter or an all star caliber player. Eh, you know, yeah, starter right. maybe I'll start no, but like they will be rotation guys for a while. Right. Um. I yeah. 
I, you know, it, this this is what it is. I think like none of these moves really change Philly's trajectory at all. Like mm. Anderson, if he had a future there, he would have gotten off the bench in that Boston series a little bit earlier. Yeah, like I agree. And that was the thing with Rashawn too. It was like if you know if he had a future in Philly. Brett Brown wouldn't have taken Amir Johnson over him, like yep. prioritized Amir Johnson over I him. I hated like, that, but I get right, it. Like I the, get it. The writing was on the wall for all of them. For yeah. Holmes, it was like they Philly had metrics that said like he's just not, he he puts up good numbers. He's like a good shot blocker. He puts up big numbers, but like he's just not defensively sound fundamentally. Yeah. yeah. Um, like Amir was much better in that role. So you know, basically swapping him from Jonah Bolden was just one guy's on one year. One guy's about to take a four-year deal, like the Hanky mm-hmm. special came back for Jonah Bolden. Yeah, um, and, and Bolden has a higher ceiling. Yeah, probably he does. Yeah, I, like I, I think Rashawn is also a good player. I'm excited to see what happens to him in Phoenix. I'm, yeah. I hope he latches on somewhere next year where he has an opportunity. But yeah, like no, all of these moves are very minor for Philly. Like yeah, they are, but it's still like at, at the end of the day, you know, it's the inches. That, yeah, that makes uh, yeah. a difference. Yeah, and, and if TLC and Anderson turn into something, right, those those are, could have been trade assets. They could have been. So, yeah, but and again, you guys have a treasure trove tro- like with with draft picks and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But it's kind of it's being emptied a little bit. Like you don't yeah. have the same flexibility you had like two years ago. No, absolutely not. And that's why I think this was maybe not the best deal for you. Yeah, I I mean I don't think you're getting a first round pick for either of those guys. No, like, obviously they, they have a million second round picks in the future already. Yeah. So and that's why I would prefer to at least hang on to TLC. Yeah, I'd get at Anderson because he's up for a new contract. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, but it's minor. I mean, it's right. not like you completely failed. No, like yeah. you didn't lose a trade like right. that in that, in that sense. <laughs> right. It's just yeah. Yeah, you would yeah. have liked to see one of those guys stay around. Yeah, like you, you prefer to keep young players just because there's upside mm, versus exactly. like the known quantity in Muscala. But this frees up a little bit more cap space for them next year because TLC was still signed through 2019, mm-hmm. 2020. So we'll see. Yeah, yep. I'm I'm not too upset about it, but I, right. I'm also not like. I'm not sounding the alarm and saying they're going to be the number one seed in the East because they now have Mike Muscala. This is whatever. Right. They'll be they'll be fine. So I think that'll do it, Mort. Yep. Uh, thank you all for listening to our live pod today. We will go back to being on Skype because I go back to the States on Friday. We will save a bunch of discussion of all the recent signings. Uh, Marcus Smart and then Melo going to Houston, Beasley, Alex Land, Montrez Harrell, whatever the hell the Kings are doing. We'll yep. save all that for the weekend. Uh, until then, please follow us on Twitter at the NBA Pod. In our bio, you can find our Twitter handles to so give us a follow as well. You can also find us on iTunes, so please subscribe, download, leave some five star reviews. We'd love any feedback. And we're now being hosted on the Almighty Baller Podcast Network. So check them out on Twitter at Almighty Casts. Until next time, I'm Brian Taporic, and I was joined, as always, by Morton Jensen. It is kitchen. <laughs> it is kitchen. I would say have a good one, Mort, but we're about to go have a good one. We're so. about to go have a good one. We're going yeah. to Tivoli. Yeah. We are going to Tivoli. So yeah. until next time, everyone, have a good week. And now, an ad from Dad. <clears throat> All right. Save money on car insurance when you bundle home and auto with Progressive. Can I take these off? All right. What is this? This looks good. Wow. That's well made. Where did you get this? I'm talking to you with the hair. Yeah. Where did you get this? It's good stuff. That's solid. That's not veneer. That's solid stuff. Progressive can't save you from becoming your parents, but we can save you money when you bundle home and auto.
Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discounts not available in all states or situations. Your family is special. That's why Pathways Financial Credit Union offers many mortgage options to help you buy that special home or refinance your current home. Pathways offers some of the best rates and lowest fees you'll find anywhere in the country. As the fastest growing credit union in Ohio over the last 10 years, you know you can trust our mortgage professionals to do what's best for you. Visit one of our convenient locations or check us out at pathwayscu.com. Offer of Credit is subject to credit approval. Pathways is an equal opportunity lender and is federally insured by the NCUA.